I'm like, I'm digging the music, man. Yeah, absolutely. I'm digging the music. It's, it's, <laughs> it's coming in sharp. It's making me feel more apt and, and motivated, although I don't know how much more motivation we need, buddy. It's a busy week. Busy week? What the hell? I mean, you look at the last month from the U.S. Open through Vietnam, you know, Perry event through the Hanoi Open, Qatar, then jump down to Austria for a women's world 10 ball, men's world 8 ball, and junior worlds. And now, in, and it doesn't slow up there. I mean, now they're in Virginia this week, and and I don't know how they do it this Mike. week, and and next week. Well, I know I saw a couple posts yesterday from a couple of the players, um, you know, foreign players. I, I can't remember who it was. Who was at an airport? And, Zachis, and I think I saw Alex. Have, yeah, Kazakis, and he said, yeah. you know, it's uh, you know, eighth straight week. I'm like, Jesus, how do you guys do it? I'm like a zombie after a week, Mike. I, I take that back. I'm lying. After like three days, I'm a zombie. You know, I'm just on on fumes at that point. And they're going from like time zone to time zone, here and there across the globe. Yeah. Um, Can you imagine candy ass football players? You know, I mean, they play 16 straight weeks. And it's hard. <laughs> there you go. But there you, you go, know, man. all of a sudden, if they had to jump, if they were playing in London today and and yeah. you know Munich tomorrow and Hanoi the next week and then back in the U.S. the week after that, they oh my god, it'd be there. Well, number one, their uh, uh, their players' union would probably never allow it, Mike. So there's that. What are, you, what are you saying? Pool needs a players' union. I mean, I'm not saying it, but I just said it. You know. So, um, I mean, listen, that's far fetched. These guys, these guys are never going to get. These guys are so unorganized and all over the place. It's uh, you know, <clears throat> they can barely decide if they want to lag or flip. You know. So, right. um, but. You know, it's pool players. We love them, and we love the sport. And and there's so much going on from world champions oh being crowned to Crazy. Moscone Cup picks being announced. Although, you know, Crazy. I'll give them credit because um, I, I I was kind of thinking, you know, we'd have some picks over the weekend, but uh, uh, they saved them till Monday for the first for number four. Uh, next picks are going to be announced tomorrow. Um, let's start there. Are you, Mike. Saying you expected, are you saying you expected Matchroom to announce the picks during the World Baseball <laughs> Championship? Is that, what you're, is that what you're trying to say? Don't be putting words in my mouth, Mike. Right? <laughs> I, didn't put words, I just asked you if that's what you were saying. Uh, I'm not. I, I'm, I'm taking. I'm pleading the fifth. Thank you, babe. Fifth here, Mike. All right. No, it's been uh, it's been some fun times. Kind of, um, you, you know, picks that we'll start there, Mike. Picks that we were kind of anticipating, kind of uh, yeah. could make arguments either way, depending on on you know what part of the globe you're in and how you've been, you know, watching pool and digesting it. Um, Alvin Ocean gets announced. We had a great interview with him yesterday. Tyler yeah. Steyer gets announced for Team USA. Mike, what were your thoughts on on those two? Um, you know, I, you know, we kind of assumed after Hanoi that Alvin had you know, stepped up while other players who were in the mix had dropped the ball. And right. uh, so it made it, you know, made it relatively easy for Ralph to make that pick. And I wasn't surprised that he, that he not, that they announced uh, Alvin first. I mean, I think we're all expecting filler to be the, the last pick, but I think they wanted, you know, play the game a little bit, make people discuss a little bit. Well, we've been the ones that tree, Mike, you know, it's, it's yeah, been, we've been barking up that tree, but it's, it's kind of become obvious that, that, you know, we were just kind of guessing on, you know, how personally people would take Josh waving the WPA flag and snubbing matrim. Well, it's not, it, it's not just that Mike, but you and I have heard a lot of things off the record, you know, to kind of give us pause as to whether or not, you know, Josh would, would be in consideration. You know, so yeah, 
Yeah, I think uh, it's it's one of those things where, you know, you can't we went through this last year. We went through this two years ago. Um, you, you can't keep, you know, I don't think Mantrum wants to get in a situation where every year people are accusing them of, you know, m- telling the coach who to pick or who not to pick. Okay. Right. So I think you kind of lot got to let this one slide and let, you know, even if, you know, Josh is walking out the door uh, and going to play in WPA events next year, which we all kind of assume is going to happen. Um, you can't really go ahead and make a decision based on that because, for one, Josh hasn't said it. For two, oh look at their social team... media page today, Mike. Go look. At, you know, <laughs> I, I know the W the WPA on, actually posted something don't, on social media. Don't give, me, don't give me this. You just just go look at their social media page and and you know you, the you writing. Can, the but wall. if you if you ask Josh on this show right now, he would be smart enough to tell you he hasn't made up his mind. Why would he tell you anything other? And if he oh, says that, you can't then, say the right thing. So then you can't call him a liar and say, we're not going to pick you on Moscone Cup. Uh, well, there's also I mean, the opportunity that some things could change between now and March. And then you would have you would have kept him out for what ends up being a wrong reason. That's right? So that's you got to, you, you know, so in any, in, in, regardless, there, there isn't, you know, we all expect Josh to be the pick. Because if he's available, uh, as I posted to somebody this morning, there is no way on God's green earth that a German national coach passes over Josh Filler for someone else and lives to talk about it. <laughs> I mean, that, you, you you said it all right there. We and and you're not even mentioning the fact that his his legendary resume in the Moscow. Yeah, I mean, forget it. He's one he's one of the top three players in the world, hand down. No matter how you slice it up, so um, might be number one on that stage, Mike. So, yeah, I mean, so there's no there's there's no argument that that if he's available to pick, he's on he's tomorrow's announcement. Right. As far as as far as U.S. Tyler, um, safe pick, smart pick. I was actually a little bit surprised that they didn't announce the the other wildcard pick first, because I really expected it to be. Shane Wolford based on his points and it was going to be kind of a reward. Speaking of rewards, Joey, oh, come back, come back out and come back in. You're, you're blurry, Joe. Uh, oh, lost Mike there too. There you go. So uh, um, I was kind of a li- little surprised. I thought, you know, cause they're rolling into Roanoke right now. Right. So they're going into Wolfstead. They're going into Shane's home room. With Shane there, I just thought that they would have announced him uh, is because I expect him to be the, the last pick for Team USA. Well, let me ask you a question. Is Jeremy Jones making it out of Roanoke if Wolford's not announced <laughs> as, the, as the next yeah, pick I mean, if, on Team if USA? Jeremy Jones, if Jeremy Jones announces someone else tomorrow and Ralph Eckert picks someone other than Germany tomorrow, we're going to have two new coaches by December because both of those guys are going to be Conspicuous by their absence. M- MIA. Right? <laughs> they, may be, going, they may be on a bill going Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's so up, wait, Pinoza, you're on the filler camp too. You <laughs> think filler's a lock for Europe? If if he's available, yeah. I mean, if if they're if they're not playing, you know, if they're not strong arming Ralph into not picking him because he's waving the WPA flag, there's no way Ralph Eckert picks someone else. No. 
Well, the fans ought to, you know, silence the matrims making the picks if Josh is announced because given, you know, where Josh is kind of saying it but not saying it stands, you know, uh, and if Josh is still announced, that just shows it's truly a Ralph record pick more than anything. Yeah, and I, like me. I said, I think that they kind of have to play that way this year because there was so much finger pointing at them last year for interfering with the pick. Yeah, and that's right. I mean, so you don't want you don't want that to become an annual. You don't want to have become the annual, you know, matchrooms pulling the strings thing. They're trying to make it a little more transparent. I mean, of course, they have some influence on it. They should. It's their event. It's their promotion. It's an exhibition. It's, it's, at the end of the day, Mike. Yeah. We won't get into that. It, it is. I mean, it's a, a major. It's a, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a made-for-TV promotion. It's more than an exhibition. I mean, these guys. This is like this blood. is our Super Bowl. But, you know, right? It's like our Super, Super Bowl. Bowl is not an exhibition. Well, but you get it. You know, it's like it's our crown jewel. Yeah, it's no, the one I, I get look it. forward to all year I long. It. Yeah. You know? it's our Ryder Cup. It's exactly what it was stacked up to be. Uh, it's been limited to the bill too. Yeah. So, Which, by um, the way, I've been going through and collecting a lot of old stats on the event, and I'm going to be presenting them in a week or so by the time I get everything compiled. But it's really you, fascinating. Have you, have you been talking with Michael Salmon? No, no. <laughs> but it's really fascinating stuff, just going back and looking through some of the events and some of the things that happened. It, it's kind of neat to see. It's, it's, and it's you lose – sometimes you lose the forest for the trees, right? You You kind of – you forget about what certain players did in certain events. And then you just have a general feeling, Oh, Shane doesn't play as well in Moscone cup or Skyler plays great in Moscone cup. But when you go back and you look at every single match, which I've been doing is kind of interesting. So stay tuned for that. I'll yeah, but right numbers. Here, this is the real gauge right here, boys. This yeah. Right the here. eye test. The numbers can lie. Uh, the numbers can lie a little bit as far as percentages and who's done well and who has it. You know, I mean, you know, you know, the players will tell you during a Moscone Cup or right after it's over who they feared most on the other team, who on the other team they thought was playing the best, regardless of what the score ended up being. It's races to five. Okay, I mean, so Alvin, I mean, Alvin lost you're... to Sky that one year, five to four. He was clearly the best player on Team Europe. Clearly, you that yesterday. Best and, and 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 I just found it really interesting yesterday that he said he was not ready to be the captain's pick that year if it went to a last match. I found it really interesting. Yeah, me too. Me too. And in fact, like one thing about pool is we deal with a lot of egos and a lot of confidence and a lot of machismo, you know. And Albin was like, yeah, I kind of pulled myself out of that. And I was yes. like, wow, that's pretty yeah, no, interesting his, to hear from a pool player. Yeah, no, he was he was great yesterday. His honesty is really his honesty in evaluating himself um, against the situation and against other opponents is really cool to listen to. Yeah, it's it, he's he's humble for sure, you know. And we all think the world of his game, especially out there. And to and, and like Joey said, most of the guys are super. You know, they just they want that stage. They thrive on it. They embrace it. You know, so. Uh, I don't know. Joey spoke Spanish. That's funny. Uh, but um, speaks muy bien. It's um, it's the one. It's the one area where uh, all eyes are on you. You know, like yeah. you know, the entire pool world is watching you. It doesn't matter where you're at. If you're interested in the game, you're dialed in to watch in this event, and yeah. especially because it's been a lot more competitive lately. And I think it's going to be more competitive this year. 
Um, it's just going to make for that much more compelling. Although, if Josh is picked, we're going to have same damn five players as we did last year. After all this, that to me is that to me is an indication that Team Europe is a lot more nervous this year than they have been the last five years. There's no doubt about it. There was no way. But they were but now, but freaking they're freaking out like, if they ended up hope. with a rookie this year, they'd have been making excuses before the first ball was hit. That's if Alexa gets picked, if Mario He gets picked on automatic, you know, yeah. might start Then, then you'd be bit. hearing, well, it's not really our best five. What do you guys think about <laughs> putting the same five up? At some point, even though there's tons of deep talent in Europe, at some point, they need to start working some new players into there because, as you guys know, that environment is nothing like a regular pool tournament. I don't, <clears throat> so, I don't think they're going to have a choice. I think that, that these rookies are going to start – well, I think they're going to start getting the point spots. Agreed. You're going to get – you know, in the, in the next couple of years, you're going to get a rookie automatic point spot. That's that. I, I think that's almost a guarantee. If you almost had it basically in the second year – Right where you could have had probably two two rookies in automatic. I mean, I know Kachi was kind of, you know, he was under special circumstances, and there was a good chance he was going to take one of those spots had he not gotten injured. But you know, there was a, a a high possibility that two rookies would have made it on automatic. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like that next year because at some yeah. at some point odds are going to say it's going to be a changing of the guards, right? And and as much as you'll like to, as much as the argument will will be. Well, they're sending in, you know, their toughest players or, or their most seasoned players. Let's not forget every one of those guys basically earned their earned their stripes this year. You know, David with the win, Albin with yeah. with the late with yeah. the late push. You know, Jason just coming off an amazing uh, uh, yeah. event at Hanoi. We know what FSR is, you know. So it's like it, it's different versus like we need to send in our vets against what is going to be a tough American team because it is going to be a tough team. But every one of these guys got uh, got uh, hardware this year as well. Yeah, no, they, they they came with some real firepower this year. I kind of feel like this year would have been the perfect year, though, to introduce a European rookie because you have obviously four amazing European players, and if you qualify as a European, and now all of a sudden you're in the mix, well, that means you perform pretty well throughout the year let's say you're a rookie, you perform pretty well throughout the year. So now they're counting on you for big wins, right? This was number one qualifier, number two qualifier. But to me, it's almost better for a rookie if you're that fifth pick and it's like, hey, just steal a point or two. You know, let's just yeah. let you absorb the environment, you know, get get acclimated to playing in the Moscone Cup because you're going to be here for the next four or five years. So, you know, let's ease you into it. Well, that's, that's, you know, that theoretically that's, you know, we would all like to see a rookie in this year one, because it would make, you know, America, the U S you know, make them even a little bit stronger because you never know how a rookie is going to perform. But you know, the, the reality of it is that it's hard to deny the guys that they picked uh, based on performance. I mean, the only question mark would be a little bit, you know, Alvin one tournament at the end of the year, all of a sudden leapfrogs everybody. And and he still finished behind Kachi. He still finished behind Mario. He still finished behind Alexa. He still finished behind Moritz. I mean But he's still he, Albin Ocean and you know what Albin Ocean right. so is. That, so so that's the that's the safe 
pick. We want we want to see someone new who's kind of earned well, but, it, like a Mario. Look, but you got to be a safe pick. And if you're Ralph and it. it's your first year, if it's Ralph and it's your first year, you're not rolling the dice. You're not going into to London with with a rookie and leaving Alvin on the shelf and losing by a point. Here's the thing: if you're going to take if you're going to take one of those boys' spots, and you're going to if you want to get in that fraternity, you got to go take it. You can't disappear in the round of 64 when yeah, when, no when, when, when it's oh. moving day in more ways than one. Like your whole year came to that to th- those two matches basically, and when you disappear like that, hey, listen. Yeah, well, that was their chance. We'll, we'll, we'll see you next year because yeah. the big guys, the big boys, they step up when it's time. Jason and Albin, they find a way, right? Even though it may have been at the last hour. How clutch are those dudes over and over again in big spots in certain yeah, 100%. You know? Yeah, my buddy Shane Jackson in here says if you're going to introduce a Euro rookie, do it at Ali Pally. I didn't even think of that, but that's true too. So next year, you know, it, like whoever qualifies, if it is a rookie, they're going to be in the United States. That's going to be a lot tougher. So yeah, it would have been be. a good year to introduce one. But, yeah. you know, you guys. If we're going to introduce look, one, who would, you, who would you introduce? This Mario. year? Man, Sanjin's been playing so well of late. Uh, but you know what? Who I really like, Mike, you're going to kill me for this, Melina Mike, <laughs> is Max Lechner. Let's go, <laughs> Let's go. Let's I really go. do because go. he's been ultra – he's been uber consistent through the second half of the year. He's getting to the you know quarterfinals and so many events. And it just – we talked about it yesterday. It just seems like he's in the wrong part of the bracket where he faces the eventual winner or somebody who's on a heater. But he is he is right there. I like that every other side of the argument, though, you know, position. Because, look, you know, you're going to have to face one of the big boys regardless. And, you know, he's he, – yeah, he's come up short against some big guys, especially recently. But he's also in a great position, and you're neck and neck with them. You know, like you, you, were, you yeah. were fighting a good fight. So you I, I guess take, my point is that it, it just it puts a puts a signature it puts a stamp on like what Francisco has done and you know Josh and some of these players that win like multiple events in a year because it's just so hard to win an event like yeah you can get super deep in an event and come up against somebody who's hot or maybe the table doesn't break well or whatever. There's so many ways to lose a match. And it seems like Max is just, I mean, if, if he's not pushing on the door, ready to knock it over, I mean, I don't know who he is. Cause it seems like he's right there at I'll the tell end. You, I'll tell you who is outside of Max. Cause Max is my boy. And I want to see him out there too one day, but I'll tell you who is a guy who just looks stone cold out there on the big stage. A guy who, didn't to me rattle in the least. I know he missed some shots at the U.S. Open, but it's that kid Alexa. That kid Alexa, he's got yeah, ice he's run, run, yeah. running through his yeah. veins, man, running through his veins. And if he's got that breakdown, then that moment did not look too big for him when that moment was supposed to be too big for him, you know. And I know we were high on on, on Sanjin. You know, look, I want to see how next year is going to turn out. I want to see how you're going to start the year. I want to have see you have momentum for. You know, even if it's for three months, you know, start and get on a good run, snap off a major, or at least be in a, in a better position consistently. Um, Victor, to me, another guy we had in the conversation for the longest time, as much as I love the kid in his game, I, I feel like that moment may swallow him up and spit him out, you know, because that crowd is something different. You know, that energy, that pressure is something different, and he can, he can rattle a little bit, you know. So, But Alexa – 
I really feel like I need to see more from Alexa. Now, in the U.S. Open, he looked like the best player on the planet, and he was going to win every tournament for the next 20 years through that little spell he went on where he was just almost unbeatable. But Uh, we know pool players can get hot and cold. I need to see that through multiple events before I'm ready to crown him and say, yeah, he he belongs on the team. And what we've learned, Mike, is that, you know, it's not you want to see people start the year, get a get a good rolling start, get a victory, whatever. It's it's how you finish, not how you start. Is what well, it's turning I mean, out look, to be. What if the last cost. two years have shown us anything, it's your ass better be ready for June or May. Yeah, you know, you better be ready for May because from May from May on, it's yours to go and take. You yeah. know, like I said yesterday, whenever we were talking, I said, man, you know, we were. I was trying to have Carl on around the summertime, and I said, let's break down ten European players like midway through. Right, let's just talk. 10 European players, stock up, stock down kind of thing, grade them, kind of break down their game, safety play, shot making, whatever, right? And I don't know that David would have been, you know, in the top eight of that list. And now here he is, and I'm like, well, he earned a spot, you know? He got there. He did his thing, you know, and very well deserved, you know? So, um, but that's the beauty of what they've created with this tour, right? Uh, you take your money, you parlay it, go to a major, go and, and see if you can double down, steal the show. And if a noise showed anything, you don't necessarily need a victory in order to uh, uh, be in the conversation late. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd like to look at the, like, go back through and look at the whole year and look at what the ranking points show for the year and just see the balance of it, right? To make sure winning a particular event doesn't overshadow someone who's finished top three of like three events or something. And I know it's done by the money, but different events have different money, right? And sometimes it's not always apples to apples in terms of, oh, just because it has more money means it's that much tougher than an event that has like a third less money, right? It'd be kind of interesting to look at that and take a look at it. Raymond in the chat says we need six more ranking events in the U.S. I think everybody agrees with that. We need more ranking events over here. But I'd be curious to see, like, with what David did, you know, how, like, how did that fare to someone like Max? And were was it did Max did David have a better year than Max? Is my question. Saying I'm having some uh, well, based on based on the money, yeah, beat him by you know thirty thousand dollars. So, um, but should it be based on money? You know, if you have a player who's consistently in the top five, but I mean, the the money basically translates in how consistent you were during the main events, right? I guess Uh, you could have called them points, you could have called them money, you could have called them whatever you want. So, you know, uh, do you do you guys feel like next year or maybe the next few years you'll start to see that weight difference in events like bigger events? Maybe will have better added money and better payouts and, and, you know, it not be so, you know, 40 here, 25 here to first and second. And that kind of be the standard. You know, I'm I'm kind of pessimistic about it because we haven't really seen the money increased too much. We've seen more events, which is great, right? But we haven't really seen them kind of driving forward with higher, you know, first place payouts, second place payouts. You know, they seem to be pretty consistent over the last few years, which I think is an indication that we're not really getting that outside sponsorship that we need to really drive that. 
right? And I would I would have thought, and maybe Vietnam will go far for this because that crowd was unbelievable. And the exposure, you got people in the United States watching matches at four o'clock in the morning. Maybe that helps to secure some outside sponsorship that can continue to grow this thing. Um, but I'm not sure. We haven't really seen the prize money go up. What are your thoughts, Panozo? For once, Jim's got a good comment in there. It's early days. You know, he's, he, it took him years to make a good point. <laughs> Telford finally made a good point. <laughs> hey, Jim. Oh, that's, let's not go over Okay. Yeah. <laughs> as far as the money goes, yeah, I mean, the money they've put in this year is more than has ever been put in, right? So it's spread out over more events. Could have taken all that money, had three events, and made them, you know, hundred thousand dollar first prize, and it would have sound like we had, you know, big events. I would rather have more events with steady money in them, and you know, start to build up. The fat in the middle of those events. That's what I'd rather see happen first. You know, thirty thousand to fifty thousand for first prize. If there's fifteen of those events during a year, that's sufficient for someone who wins a couple of events. What I'd like to see is more of that middle section make more living wage type money where they can stay in the game. Right. That's where I'd like to see more. I don't. I don't care. I mean, you know, we saw it with the. Uh, you know, a couple of those world events where uh, the top prize was 75000 for Shane or whatever, or 45000 for Cheska. And in a couple of those events, it all came out of the middle and went to the top. Right. So, so it looked. It looked and it like, did. It did. If you compared, if you compared last year's payouts. Right. Did. So, so in a couple of those cases, it's like, okay, which is better? But I it think sounds better. better it, it, it sounds better on advertising though, Mike, you know, and they wanted to hang, you know, they wanted I, to, I don't think, they, they, I don't they, think they, a corporate sponsor is going to be picked out on the difference between 40,000 and 70,000. No, but and I think it was more, more just, it was more a pissing contest to say, well, we had the highest payout in, in pool. Yeah, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Even if you had a, you know, now if you had a whole tour of hundred thousand dollar first prizes, then you may raise a few eyebrows, right? Yeah. But but I think that people overplay the significance of having a a big top prize to make people wake up and see pools a big deal. I just you know yeah. So here's a question for you guys to kind of consider because there's been a lot of talk about the investment the players have to make, right? going into the year. If you're a Melina, I think Melina's messing with his audio. Um, <laughs> I think he's refreshing, but you know, I'll pose this to you, Pinozo. Let's say you're a Raymond Linares, Nick DeLeon, um, Jeremy Sasse, uh, you know, player I like that. Bring him up Maybe Joey Tate, like you know, <laughs> what, and you're looking that you, you say, you know what, this coming year, I want to try to qualify on points for Team USA. What is the reasonable amount of money that you're going to have to put in a bank account to be prepared to go travel to all these events? Thirty-five thousand. How much? I was thirty-five. I would say more. I would say close forty to fifty. I would say forty to fifty. That's a lot and, of and money. It is a lot of money, and that's why it's to me. It's got to be not. I want to chase Moscone Cup points. Although Moscone Cup, you make the team, you get twenty grand minimum, right? So that's a good. That's a good payday. But 
I think you have to look at it like, is there enough on here? There's more than that, though, because to... you'll get 20, but then you can also sell patch spaces for five, five yeah, so, dimes. So there's, there's value there. You know? but I, I would like to see people make that investment because they're like, this is a real tour. If I do well enough, I can I can make money on that 50000 right? I can make money on that 45000 uh, whatever I whatever my nut was for the year. Um, so, um, yeah, it's... It's an interesting situation. I mean, it's you'd like to see it get to the point where, and this is the type of stuff that takes outside funding, is a big sponsor that allows you to say, um, you know, here's here's our tour card. Top thirty-two players each get forty grand yeah. on January one for the year. You have to have a product first, right? Like you, you, this talk of outside sponsorship is great, but if you think about it in the in the bigger picture, right? They're planting seeds in all these markets, right? I'd, I would bet a lot of money that next year's payouts for Vietnam, as long as the WPA keeps their fucking nose out of it, you know, uh, what will be will be better than what it was this year, right? But they're never going to get there if they don't plant that seed. But had they taken that money and put it in, let's say, increasing the UK, taking the Spanish, taking that out of the mix, increase the UK, well – they're planting seeds to get sponsorship in certain areas to build up a tour, but to get it all here, not just right. have one no, year. You're 100% right. And that's the value of having something branded like the world nine ball tour. Okay. It's something that you can sell, you know, the, the WPA model, which is we, we sanction these shotgun events all around the world. You can't sell that. You well, can't it, go to a sponsor. Elaborate and on say, that, Mike. I need, is, I need more details on that. Well, you, you can't go to you can't go to a potential sponsor and say, "Here's what I offer you as as a sponsor." Okay, I offer you access to Qatar. No, you don't. It's not yours to offer. I offer you access to China. No, China's not yours to offer. Okay, now you have a World Nine Ball Tour. You have some kind of established tour, branded tour with X number of spots that are on that tour. Now you've got something to sell. You say, you know, you can have this kind of access at all six of these events. You can why? Because I own it, so I can sell this. I can give this to you. Okay, the world, the the WPA model of just sanctioning all these shotgun events does nothing to grow the potential for sponsorship. To me, you ought to. You you want me to see if we can get you a job at the WPA, Mike? <laughs> I hear they don't pay enough. I was gonna. I was saving the shirt you know, for my I'm, interview I'm with Ishan. I'm too old to take a job for perks like business class <clears throat> travel. It's I need. Well, there's 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 plenty of that to go around. I hear. <laughs> Look, yeah. I asked the question because I just feel like the way pool players think typically is not okay. Let me go raise fifty thousand dollars to support my you know, next year's tournament endeavors, but they think about an event per event and it's like, Oh, okay. I can get to Atlantic city for this event, or I can get to this place for that event. But what happens is it ends up adding up to a significant cost. And we're talking about if you're a U.S. player, what's the realistic chances that you're going to get into deep money in one of these major matchroom events, the UK Open, European Open, you know, what are the chances you're going to make the quarterfinals? If you're one of those US players, no disrespect to them, but you're a lower 700 player, obviously you're a great player, but what are the chances that you're going to, 
be beating the Albin Oceans and Kachis and Josh Fillers at the later stages of those events to advance to the quarterfinals and actually make money to to make it worthwhile for your trip. It's not very good. So you got to get um, your you got to get your Fargo up over eight hundred. Yeah, <laughs> you know to compete. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a big boys game. You got you know you want to be in there. You got to get there. Yeah. But they have to be able to be there in order to build up that product. You know, the players are are investing in the future, I feel like. Um, and I would look at, you know, Matchroom's basically really getting aggressive into nine ball over the last couple of years and then just seeing this growth, which, I, which I'm guessing is only going to get bigger next year. There's only going to be more events next year. Um, I'm, I would guess the prize money would, would be better. Um, but it, there's more promise there. There's and, and, and they have a proven track record in other sports of being able to build that, you know, but everyone's going to have to kind of go in the same direction here, you know, um, and it's not something that can happen, let's say overnight. But the events that do well, like the Moscone Cup, I mean, they're willing to show that they can put their money where their mouth is because they've been increasing that prize fund pretty consistently over the last few years for the players. You know, they make a ton of money yeah. on that event. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just wondering how important the U.S. fan base is for Matchroom. You know, how, like, I think it's pretty important, US, but I'm, I'm a little bit biased. The whole, U.S. has always been the holy grail for them. Uh, from a, from a, uh, so, so what happens? So what happens? From a, basis, from a, from a legit basis, from, from a vision, you know, uh, visibility basis. You know, it's always been, uh, you know, one of the key markets, if not the key market. So it's always that feeling of frustration for U.S. fans when you get down to the final 16 and they're Sky and Shane, or this year a couple of times it was just Sky. And so with less and less U.S. players doing well in those events and maybe even in the future less traveling to those events, at what point do they lose some of those U.S. fans and, and is that important and so does something need to change there? And maybe back to Raymond's point, more U.S. events, right? U.S. fans have been watching a lot of this pool for the last couple of years and haven't seen a lot of U.S. players in the late rounds, so they're still watching. They love good pool. They love watching great players play pool, and they can identify with a lot of the European well, and Asian that, players and gotta because have, they spend so much time in the U.S. playing, right? you got to have these regional meat and potato events in order to yes. be able to make some money. You have to have – the opportunity to be able to make some money. You go and score an event here with the Calcutta. And now I just up my bankroll an extra, you know, six grand for the weekend, right? Then I go and I play a decent regional event for the World Nine Ball Tour and take my shot there, right? Then I can go back and pepper in. A, but you got to be, shockingly as it is, you got to be playing pool full time if you're if you're a professional pool player, you know. Yeah, and the U.S. still offers more opportunity for that than anywhere. But then, yeah, um, how is that going to how is that going to work if and, and we'll ask? I mean, I'm, these are some of the questions we're going to have on the table. But what happens to some of these events that have? Because we've seen in the U.S. more and more events are going to have ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars added just in in the states alone. How is that going to work with the, the WPA uh, uh, not allowing their players to be able to play here? So that's going to limit I those. Think those an excellent question for tomorrow, Mike. <laughs> one, of, one, of, one of many we're, we're going to get to um which by the way in case you guys haven't heard we're going to have the wpa president ishan singh on uh tomorrow morning um which i'm really looking forward to i can't wait boys 
So, yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, it should you be need, fun. Seriously, there are some good questions. Like, is it? Do they consider? the unsanctioned events that players could get banned for just the matchroom events or some of the larger regional events that no, I mean, it depends. I mean, I, I looked at their rules for sanction and, and I asked them about it. Um, and you know, because it says, you know, not to get too technical with all this, but it says if your event has eight or more international, you know, players from other federations or one eighth of the field, or $25,001 added, it's it's a sanctionable event, right? That's a lot of events. It doesn't events. say, it doesn't say and, it says or, which is a key word. So any event that has eight international players would be considered. And so I asked Ishan about that, and I said, you know, I, I need some clarification here because this doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, and, and he said, you know, that, I'll tell you exactly what he said. He said, your understanding of this is for sanctioning is correct. But before you make assumptions about existing future tournaments, I advise you to know that it's been used as a reference, as a guideline, which I find really interesting. <laughs> and there are numerous reasons for the WPA choosing to allow almost five months in one uh, before this kicks in. And one of those is to review and rewrite mm -hmm. some of the outdated rules and regulations. So, and it just so happens to end when the when the Predator World Ten Ball series, the, when the Predator World Ten Ball Championship ends. No, it does, which is good for the players. I mean, you know, Shane can go win that one too. Then, um, on his way out the door. So, you know, but my point is that save that, it for tomorrow. For right now, you know, on paper, by the exact nature of the rule, all these events would be off the table, would be punishable events, right? Uh, but I think, yeah, and I don't think that's assuming that's, that's just taking what they put out there. It's going to change between uh -huh. now and March. What I found interesting, what they said, you know, these are kind of reference guidelines, which is what Matrum basically said when they got called out on the provision in their contract that they could tell people they can't play in other events. They said, well, it's just in there, you know, if we need it, but we've never used it. And the WPA said, well, that's, you know, that's balderdash. And we're allowed to do that. Yeah, they're using the same argument for their stipulation. So in any event, hopefully we'll get a little more clarification um, for that tomorrow. Yeah. Stay tuned I mean, for the fireworks. One of one of many things that we have. And, um, yeah, it's going to be – you know, and kudos to, you know, Ashon for being will, willing to come on. Yeah, and you I know, just want, get, I just want to come Joe. on here and clarify things. for. I want to know where everyone stands. I don't care about, you know – uh, telling them he's a liar or or that they're bums or anything. I just want I just want everything spelled out as clearly as possible so we know what we're walking into and so everybody knows what they're walking into. Whether you're a tournament promoter or a player or a federation. But if they need five months to rewrite some guidelines, do they even know what their identity is <laughs> Listen, at this point? Because I've heard so many them, contradictions already as it stands. When they make a rule change, it takes at least five years. So, so yeah, I mean, they, they, it's, you're not turning battleships here. It's, 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 you know, it takes them a while to do anything. It takes them a what, while. To do anything. What does that mean, Mike? They're not turning battleships here. Well, you know, battleship can't turn on a dime. It takes hours for a battleship to turn, you know, they're, they're okay. Admiral. They're not a speed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm writing that one down. No, uh, you know,
you know, in the meantime, we all we had a world championship. All you got to do with you guys is bring up comments that people used to say in the forties and fifties, and it goes like, yeah, you guys are like, like, wow, that's a new one. No, that's whatever. My whole my whole attention just shifts. Like, what the hell did Mike just say here? And I'm trying to like wrap my head around it, and without looking like a like a fool, but that never lasts very long. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. um. Let's talk world championship, boys, because you mentioned Shane SVB picks up another world title. Yeah. Um, you know, a tournament that Mike said was probably irrelevant, I'd guess, uh, a couple of years ago. Um, so <laughs> I want to get you, I, yeah, I want to get your thoughts now, Mike, as to uh, what do you think about old SVB picking up another chip? I think it's I think it's great. I mean, I love to see Shane win any tournament, and it's great to see him. You know, he's, he grew up playing bar table eight ball. That's what he got started on, his whole VNAA background. Um, you know, so I know that he likes eight ball. It means a lot to him. I just, you know, it's – I said to Mike, and I don't know if you agree, Joey, that the world eight ball is probably on that lower rung of world championships that you hang your career on because it happens once every, you know, twice a decade – um, you know, you can't name the last five World Eight Ball champions. Couldn't do it. <laughs> is that a challenge? Right? Yeah, it is. Joey's gonna Gene, eat. FSR, Joey, Joey's gonna K. Eat. You ain't getting yeah. four. Thurston Holman. <laughs> so, so I'm just saying, you know. So, but it's um, and it, but it was, you know, some say it's not that stacked this year. It was a great field. There were, all the Asians were pretty much missing, except for a couple of Changs and a and a Young. Uh, but other than that. You know, it was still it was still pretty pretty heavy duty, um, pretty heavy duty field. So um, I, I love that he won that. I love that he you know that he got seven. Okay, what event did you find more compelling, the World Ten Ball or the World A Ball? World Ten Ball. See, I'm on I'm on the other side because I love watching them pick apart the the. the it's the it's ball. fun watching them, and it's kind of this it's kind of this chess master kind of thing, and I'm gonna get a bunch of people mad at me, but to me, I found it kind of boring. It was whoever got to the table first ran out. And it's it's interesting to watch how, you know, to how they work their way through the and, 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 you know, it's fun to watch them, you know, work their way through the rack. And, you know, so once that's the part the rack, they'd have to break up a cluster and they'd have to play into a tight spot. But essentially it was break. If you don't make a ball on the break, the other guy's running out. Break. If you make a ball on the break, you're running out. I, I, I got kind of I lost in that. I appreciate eight ball. You guys know it's my favorite game. I It's just, it's just not to me the most compelling uh, championship format to watch in pool as far as sitting on the edge of my chair. Look, we all grew up playing eight ball. If you go to the bar one night and there's people playing, they're playing eight ball. We're used to playing eight ball and it's, it's kind of a, in some ways a lost art. Albin said yesterday he hadn't played an eight ball tournament since 2018. Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Crazy. You know, and I think that's the same with a lot of these guys, but yeah. they end up, you know, in the final four, the final eight. And, and to me, that says something about the game. I don't know. But I tell you what, if to win that tournament was pretty remarkable because you had to fade the fact that when you came up the break, you probably weren't going to make a ball. So that was the weirdest thing to me about the whole yeah. tournament, because when you think of eight ball, the breaker has a huge advantage, right? Because not only do you typically pocket a ball, so they met the arrow rack, you can run out or you can you set can, your balls up in yeah. a position yeah. to, you know, that's more favorable. Right. But with that 
I, I forget the match I was watching and it's like somebody gets back to tie it. Hill Hill breaks dry or no, uh, they're down one. The other guy breaks, they're on the Hill. They break, they break dry. The guy gets it. Hill Hill. Then he breaks and it's dry. And the other guy, I'm like, Oh man, this is killing me. you got to at least give the break has to be an advantage, not a disadvantage. Yeah. No, that was part of the thing that I found a little bit like, you know, I was just, you knew the guy wasn't, excuse me, making balls on the break. And so yeah. it just kind of turned into this shake your head, walk back, sit down and wait for the next rack when the other guy breaks. And then you come to the table. Was Matt, is that, Matt Poland, I didn't find that that compelling. Is this actual stat from Matt Poland, 49% successful break rate? That can't, that can't be. Yeah, no idea. I mean, that would be, that wasn't even 49%. That's yeah. terrible, in my opinion. You know, it's you're, lower you're, than that in the final. Your break rate has to be over fifty percent. Now, I think the closer you can make it, you know, to like fifty-five or maybe sixty percent, maybe that increases the excitement of the game. But if you're not making a ball on the break less than you're making a ball on the break, that's that's miserable to me, in my yeah. opinion. Well, I think that was part of, for me, what made it, you know, fun to watch because you never knew what the hell was going to happen, you know. <laughs> and I like them be, I like seeing them get into tight windows with the cue ball. I love watching players having to attack certain things early on and just seeing, like, because I no, can appreciate cool the, 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 cool the strategy sure. part, um, you know. And like, you know, New Jersey pool players says a lot of them were, were safe breaking in a sense because they're breaking yeah, from the could side. Could you imagine hole. if Corey was in that final? What kind of what kind of disaster those racks would have been? It would have they'd have been forty five minutes. They racks. might still be playing. They might yeah. still be playing. No doubt about it. You know, I used to do some uh, some pictures. I would basically break a rack of eight ball and take a picture of it and then post it in uh, Arizona pool players or whatever and say, "How would you guys run stripes here?" And I think Niels used to do something similar. One of the European pros, and to me that you see there's a ton of interest in people telling you how they would pick apart the rack. And I think that's what makes watching eight ball intriguing because you can watch nine ball and you're watching nine ball and everybody kind of knows what well, the shots is what they're going to shoot. But in eight ball, you might say, you know, I'd play the 13 before the 12 or I'd come this way or I'd do that. And everybody kind of has an opinion. And so you get to see how the pros play it compared to how you would play it. Uh, whereas in nine ball, you get to see how the pros play it and you either are already thinking that, or you're like, yeah, they're right. But in eight ball, sometimes maybe they're not right. Especially if Alvin hasn't played in five years, <laughs> you know what I mean? Your pattern play in your mind might be a lot better. His execution obviously ball, is going to be better. Even in nine ball, it's, there's, there's, there's nuance and differences in how not, not a whole lot. Way. I mean, even Alvin talked yesterday about playing Shane in that match. And and in uh, in Hanoi, and said I thought a couple of his decisions on how to play from shape from one ball to the next were a little bit weird. Now you got two of the top players to ever played a game. That's the beautiful part about each other on, on how how they would have run out a nine ball rack. You know, so it's not like me challenging him. It's 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 Alvin talking about Shane. I thought that was pretty interesting. I'm not sure the shots he was no, talking Mike, about Pinozo, but there. usually in nine ball when What's that? you know. Sorry, go. I'm. I. I don't know the shots he was talking about with Shane, but usually when there's discrepancy, 
I'm I'm talking about when there's an open table, not like early in the game. He chose to play safe instead of this, or he went aggressive on that shot. No, no, once the, the, once the balls are open, he was talking about. Once the balls are open, it's pretty much done the same way uh, by the pros. Uh, eight ball, different story though. The balls could be open, and there's more than one way to skin that cat. And that's the intriguing part to me. And watching eight ball, I think is kind of fun and interesting because I compare it to how I would have ran them, and then you know, just see the differences. Yeah, it's part of why I think I, I just, I, I really enjoy it. You know, I mean, you get the slug racks, whether you're playing, you know, predator world 10 ball championship or predator eight ball championship, you know? So, um, that part hasn't changed, but, um, yeah, I guess just having that foundation, just like Shane said, you know, we, and like you said, everyone's got an opinion on it because we all at some point played eight ball on the bar table. That's how we first got probably introduced yeah. to pool. You know, we were all at some room. They had a little seven-footer there. We put our quarters on there. We put our quarters up to wait for the next game and banged them around. And that's how we – That's those were – you know, that's our roots, man. You know? I think they should play in the eight-ball world championship. It should be template rack and honest try. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> honest try? <laughs> I'm just kidding. You don't know that game, Mike? No. Where if no. you play a safe, the person gets mad at you. It's like you got to honestly try to pocket a ball in every oh, shot. That's, that that's old bar room. No. No. Tried to pocket Just there. play, take what you make. That, that'll that make it interesting. Play, take that what would. you make. You know, that I would. like play, take what you make. Adjust it doesn't make any difference if it's take what you make if they're not making a ball on the break. No, nope, but it'll it, it'll change the it'll change the opener if you have uh if you have clusters because now you can't hit the combo to start off with that can get you rolling. Yeah, and I saw that a few times. So yeah, um, I think that and and take what you make. You don't have that comfort of being able to look at the whole table. It's like you're only looking at a certain area. So look, as a pool player, take what you make. Eight ball can be so brutal sometimes. Like some of the most brutal. Uh, roles you exactly. can ever get where you break the balls and you make three of a certain ball and you're high hook, but it's brutal sometimes, but it is more interesting. And it's an incredible sense of accomplishment when you have one of those like breaks where you, you pocket a couple balls and you get hidden behind another ball and then you kick a ball in and run out, man, that's a huge accomplishment. So it, it does provide an interesting angle. Just play with the old mud ball. Play with the big bowling ball. <laughs> Shane, <laughs> see, my boy Shane's got me. Yeah. Cue ball behind the line. Honest yeah. try. Spot yeah. shots. Let's do it. Did you watch much of it, Joey? I didn't. I didn't watch a whole lot. Uh, I picked up a little bit here and there. Who I was following all the – As far as, you know, uh, the guys who made it deep, you know, as far as having that, uh, you know, being natural eight ball players as opposed to nine ball players. You know, that's the part when we got down to the 16, Mike, I, I posed that to Molina and I was like, it's tough to even think about who here would specialize in eight ball or, you know, pick pattern play better than another player. And we all just took our eyes right to Shane. And we said, you know, Shane's got to have the advantage. I called it, Mike, you got to admit, I called it from the final 16. I said Shane's got to have the advantage against. You know, I thought crew. he was going to run into problems with with Wojcik because he plays. I did too. He he looks like too. he plays. Yeah. Did he win the world eight ball? No, but what I think was he, was, he was in. He he won the world ten ball. Ten ball. Um, okay. Yeah, but I want to say he, he was also a, a medalist last year, and I could be wrong. Yeah, I want to say he looked, was a medalist he, in the world he, eight ball before. He looked to me for, from a novice watching. He looked to me like he knows what the hell he's doing out there. Well, they play. You know, the uh, you say sh- listen, Shane. 
obviously has more history than any of those guys. But look, it was an all Euro final. You know, Francisco was the hottest guy on the planet and uh, and won the World Eight Ball. You know, so uh, and he's smart enough to be able to realize what it is he has to do throughout that rack and um, that and playing. You know, they have European Eight Ball championships every single year. Look, uh, I, know, as, I know Alba doesn't play it, but the other the others do. As a pool fan, I I would just like to say it's nice to see a different game every once in a while. And Mike, yeah, I'm no, sorry, that, I know you're I'll wearing the shirt. I don't agree with. I, I know you're wearing the shirt, but to go with one discipline as the only <laughs> discipline, it, to me, <laughs> just saying. To me, that to me after yeah, my a while, days mixed up. I thought we were talking with Ishan today. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to see an eight ball tournament sprinkled in. I want to see ten ball tournaments. I could even do with seeing a, a fourteen point one um, or one pocket. You know, I want to see a variety <laughs> of games be mixed in there because, you know, as a fan, there's nuances to each game, and it makes it more interesting as a viewer. I love watching yeah. eight ball more than I love watching template ten ball. I'll tell you that. Without it ain't even it ain't even close. You know I don't want to see those guys with the big breaks do the same thing over and over again because that shit gets gets old quick. You know, but I'm with you, Joe. I do like I do like the variety. You know, I yeah. do. Yeah. Um, well, and, then we got to keep the WPA around. I know Carl's not watching. Ball, they're not doing fourteen point one. They're not doing one pocket. They're not doing ten ball. So give that up. So if you want to see that stuff, you better keep the WPA alive. This is you. I, I can get you an email, Mike, where you got to put your resume. If that's what if that's what you're looking for, Mike. If you need me to write just, a letter of recommendation, going, I'm just going I can by do what you me, said. Mike. I'm just going by what you said. Do you see Matchroom ever running another format other than Nine? No, 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 no. I'm not okay. saying for Matchroom to do it. I'm not saying for them to do it. But I, I'm with Joey. I think. Listen, if even if it's a couple of times a year, I like it. You know, I like being able to watch it. I like seeing those guys play the games that we've all played. Yeah. You know? Okay. So branding aside, Matchroom could do it. Matchroom could have an event or two a year that were a dis- different discipline. They really could. But they won't. Uh, <laughs> uh, back when I was playing in the, the Planet Pool regional <laughs> events, it was a nine ball tour and they introduced a series of eight ball, ball events and it, it made it interesting and fun. I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying, man, small. 30 years of running nine ball tournaments ain't running another discipline. <laughs> they don't want to change happen. the logo. <laughs> not going to happen. No, I mean, look, the variety was fun for the weekend, you know, and I wouldn't mind seeing it again. And as much as, listen, there were a lot of positives for that event, you know, including that 75,000 first place yeah. payout you Great. know but 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 you know the fact is they only put on a world eight ball championship once a year you know so um right. you know, hopefully they're... Eight ball the rest of the year right no. yeah and Pinozo, no. to your point though you're like well if you want to see eight ball then we need a wpa i don't think anybody's advocating for blowing up and and doing away with the wpa obviously there's a lot of frustration with them right now because they're the ones banning <laughs> the players <laughs> I got your, There's frustration I got right here, because they're boy. the ones banning the players, yeah. but why couldn't they just coexist? Why couldn't they be there, not ban players, and do their own eight ball events? If it's paying 75000 for the winner, people are going to show up. It's going to be a fun event. Don't go getting logical on us, Joey. I'm just saying. This is the pool world, and logic you know, has no home here. Don't forget yeah. to point down when you say that too, Mike. Don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't try to bring logic into the equation. <laughs> no, oh. I, uh, it, you know, it's, um, 
look, it it was it was a ton of fun, and uh, you know, while I enjoy seeing it, and I wouldn't mind seeing it a couple more times a year, and this is why, look, whether I like the WPA or I hate the WPA, listen, I want the players to be able to play wherever the hell they want to play. Period. They play whatever whether, game. Whether, offer whether it's whether it's junior players or pro players or amateur players, shortstops, whatever. You know, I don't want anyone to dictate where they can can and can't play because. Like we talked about to open the show, it's already hard enough for them to be able to make money as it stands, right? So no matter the game, no matter the region, wherever, let them do whatever the hell they want. Not, not have it be some kind of pissing contest because you feel like you know you're the authority or you're this or you're that. I, I'm I'm not I'm not buying that and I'm not gonna buy it. So, yeah. um, but I'll save that tiltiness for tomorrow. You know, we'll, I'm, I'm trying to keep it more tame today. How about our boy <laughs> Sanjin in the uh, in the eight ball? That's Play, Joey's you know, boy now. What Max is to me, Sanjin is to Joey. That's what yeah, it sounds semi-final like. Semi-final in Hanoi and then final in, in uh, a week later in, in Austria. It, kids hitting his stride, you know, talk about finishing the year well. You know, he's yes. super impressive. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Super impressive. Yeah, and, you know, I, I'm trying to – I don't know his game well enough to, like – I always like asking other players, what what do you think that player does well? Uh, to me, it looks like he does a lot of things well. You know, I can't really pick one thing that stands out to me and oh, he's a great pocketer of the balls, or he's a great breaker. He's, you know, it just seems like he does everything really well, yeah, and I think that's going to bode well for his future. Yeah, no, he's a good he's a good player to watch, um, and he's starting to. You can tell he's starting to hit a little bit more of a comfort level later in tournaments, uh, playing some that's of the big the word, guys. My yeah, You're he's right. starting to look a little more comfortable, like he's supposed to be there. Um, so, and that's what you know, that's what experience does. I mean, you know, he's he's had a couple of hiccups along the way, and so he learns from those. And next time he played it, you know, uh, a little smarter and a little, you know, more controlled himself. So yeah, he's uh, he's a guy who's trending up. You know, I wondered what was going to happen the last year or so. He had we some said about issues. him last year. You know, he had some personal issues and things like that. Um, he seems to have gotten through all that and, and, uh, he's, yeah, he looks to be stock rising for sure. How sh on a level one to 10, 10 being most shocked, how shocked would you be if his name was called tomorrow for Moscone cup? I would fall out of my 88, chair. 88. <laughs> I would fall out of my chair. Why? Because he, you know, if, if you're going to take a rookie, um, you know he's he's beyond he's behind a lot of guys like a Moritz or an Alexa or a Mario or something like that. I think it would be I a so. real yeah. I'm just talking about pure, purely in in points based on how they played this past year, right? So um, you know he's the current form out of all those players. He's right up there, if not tops. Sanjay yeah, but 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 they 12th. but they've got but the thing is when you talk about Mario and Max, they've they've had consistency over longer stretches, which gives them more yeah, years. Yeah, they got more seniority in that category yeah. for sure. You know, it's not to say that he can't get there because like we were talking about, you know, Victor and Sanjin were the two guys that we said they're coming. All these guys who we thought that weren't gonna that are on the team this year that we didn't think maybe were, were gonna be on the team this year. We said those are the two kids who are coming for your spots, you know, and uh, I, I'm I'm still in that camp. But you gotta you gotta follow that up, you know. You yeah. did it. I kind of it, it was kind of I don't want to say too little, too late, but 
Um, yeah, no, it was. It was. Well, depending yeah. on how this whole thing shakes out, we may never see Victor on a Moscone Cup roster. Yeah, that's um, you know that's you know, you that really pisses me off more than anything, man. Yeah, yeah you that start situation. conversation and it's just like it's just because like, he's the one. Even right now, nobody's talking about him right now because no. of the decisions he made towards the end of the season. It seems what side he's leaning towards, and obviously that uh, federation has a lot of power there in terms of what those players are going to do in Poland, and it's a shame because I think Victor he could be. I think he could be on that team right now, and they wouldn't skip a beat. I'm not 100. I don't know if I, I'd be 100 percent behind. You had me for you had me for a little bit. Yeah, of that. He's, a, he's a great player, and he certainly <laughs> should be there and could be there. But Here's, to me, you're right. He's he's like that. He was completely off the radar, and not based on his play, not based on performance at all. Right. Based on the decision somebody else made. Okay. That's now the part that pisses me off more than off anything. The radar. And, and, and the thing is that, and I've said this before, Josh better be careful what he wishes for if he decides to, to take sides and go with the WPA because his visibility, his reputation, his notoriety is based a lot on what he's done in natural events and, and that type of showcase, right? So all of a sudden, yes. next year he's playing yes. the China yes. Open and he's playing Qatar, and they got a stream that forty-five people are watching and and a cleanup crew from the hotel. It's okay, Mike, you'll have the WPA post tournament interviews four days later. Don't worry about it. So, you're going to get real interested in it. So, um, so you know, you, you got to be careful what you wish for if you're if you're going to take sides. Now, I w- I hope nobody has to take sides. That's the main thing we all want out of this, right? Is that nobody has to play take sides. And all the Polish players and the Joshes and the, the Beasterbashes and all those guys are playing in the same events everybody else is playing. That's all we want. The Victor situation was the one that upset me more than anything because oh. that's that that's that kid's dream to play on that Moscone Cup. And he wasn't even given basically the opportunity. And while he was working towards it all year long and was in about as best a situation as you can ask for, right? You at least got a chance to take a swing and do what Albin did, basically. You know, go on a run and make the team. Yeah. Can you imagine if he makes a run in Hanoi? Exactly. But no, you got to play in. You got to play in Slovenia. Right. Most- and, and we talked about how hard it is for these guys to to win a tournament or to have any kind of consistency, and he was robbed of that opportunity. And shame on everybody who's involved in making that happen. You know, yeah, all agreed. all of them deserve all that because that's the part that just breaks my heart for that kid. I, what, what did he win, Mike? Did he win Michigan? Is that what it was? He uh, wins yeah, Michigan. he won in Michigan. He wins Michigan. Then, then he goes – he's supposed to go to Hanoi and he ends up – Did you well, talk to him to at Qatar. the U.S. Open? Uh, at the U.S. Open, did I talk to Victor? Yes. Yeah, I did, I, I did too, Mike. And I'm thinking it was going to be just nothing but – you know, sunshines and rainbows because of coming off a win. And you can see how stressed that kid was over everything that was going on. You know, and the most disheartening thing was seeing his post from Slovenia oh, that he posted online with, you know, finished ninth in Slovenia. Not going to talk about that anymore. But in the meantime, thanks for the event. And he thanked his federation. Okay. Never seen like Victor Zelinsky thank his federation in the history of Victor Zelinsky posts. 
That's and true. The, the look on his face was like he was forcing a semi smile, and it just broke my heart. It was so because he. Where do you get the nerve, kid. Mike, to, to treat people like that? That's the part that pisses me off, man. That lights a fire under my ass yeah. with all this. And stuff meanwhile, going there's on. the Polish guy sitting in the front row at the Chummy Chummy Football my... Championship. Chummy Chummy with the with the with the WPA wonks, and and that was like that was another one. Where it was like <laughs> it just frustrating well this Kills is all me. we need on the on the uh eve of talking to Ishawn to get melina mike all riled up <laughs> Ooh, i was hoping for know? a civil discourse tomorrow but <laughs> perhaps not Lord, we'll keep Lord, it tomorrow it's gonna be a good interview we're gonna listen i got you two bozos here to kind of keep me on a leash and we're gonna game plan and joey uh, you have to run the controls okay so you have to hit that button where all of a sudden he disappears I got the oh, mute button. Mike lost oh. connection. Oh, yeah, Mike here, yeah. here. Hold on, hold on. Here Watch this. Melina, Melina, start going on a rant real quick. Look, these soft. <laughs> <laughs> I got the mute button here in the go. studio. There you go. There you so, go. So. Before we get too lost in the WPA again, how about the women's world 10 ball? What kind oh, of field Jessica. was that? Jessica. Oh, yeah, what kind of field yeah. was that? That, that was, the was best, fun. That was the best women's field I've yeah. seen in a while. To see yeah. Simming Chen there and yes. Tang there and Yu Han there. That was like, wow, this was this was the real deal there. It reminded me of like 10 years ago, Mike. Yeah, yep. this was this was that was great stuff. And I, I picked an all China final, but I as just did I, Mike. As, oh, no, I think I picked one I out of one out of two, but oh, no, no, I think I picked Jessica? the final, but I would have picked Han Yu. Oh yeah, you, you had Cheska get into the final, I think. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, I, it, well, that was more just the because in, in reality, I wanted to pick an all Chinese final. Honestly, when when I first saw it, when I saw Steaming Chin and Han Yu, that I said that that's that's the field right there. That's the yeah. one that's gonna be playing on Sunday, um, because we've seen them play on so many Sundays before, Mike. You know, yeah, so many no, championship they, they, yeah, finals they're before. Just, they're they're great great players, and uh, and Chao Xing Peng. I mean, yeah, Pan. I mean. She, you know, hey, Pinozo. I, I don't care whether she's playing well or not. I want to see her at the table because that's one beautiful woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Pinozo, I posed this question to Melina the other day, and he had pretty strong feelings on it. So I said a lot of these uh, Asian ladies are getting close to the 800 Fargo. Uh, knocking on the door, 797. I think yeah, Charles yeah. like a 777. Um, you know, and basically Melina has the opinion that just because their Fargo number is that doesn't mean they'll beat a man with the yeah, same the Fargo numbers, number. that it's kind of skewed because they only play against women. I want to get your thoughts on that. I think it's rather sexist. Uh, it's sexist, but it's not inaccurate. I mean, come on. They're not, they didn't build that 700 playing men's 700s all the way through a tournament. Yeah, but when right? they beat Kelly they Fisher... Play- and Kelly okay, Fisher so yeah, has played in the, the UK the, Open against the men. It yeah, accounts you get for to that. The final eight in those tournaments. Yeah, you're playing. You're playing legit women, but you're you're going through a lot of five hundreds. No, no, no. You're, the first. Yes, but you're not catching my point. The way Fargo works, it's not like a, just an algorithm. Like I beat you, you beat Mike. It then accounts for the fact that you beat Mike. Right. And it factors that back into my score. So right. when they play Kelly Fisher and Allison Fisher, two players that have played against the men quite a bit, it ba- it has a way of balancing that out because of the fact that they've played against men. 
Love you, Ed. Well, so who's got the Fargo list? Give me, give me. Johan's no, we had that conversation with Joey, and Joey, and, and in, in all of his and, in all and, of his Arizona ness, said, "Well, we'll never know because they, you know, they're never going to play against <laughs> each other." Because that's what I said. Let's find a guy who's equal and let's figure it out. Well, we'll never know, Mike. We'll just never know. So why are we having even having this conversation? Well, actually, before? we found a really interesting to find ten guys around the same Fargo rate and put those, in, you know, or fifteen and say it's a sixteen tournament person tournament. How far is she going? How do I don't know how we didn't know we that. have Seeming Chin play or who was it? Uh, who, yeah, well, didn't we have uh, Seeming Chin play in, in, the in, US in, Open in 19? She, didn't she play a CLP or a PLP? Yes, yes. C- well, they've all played a couple of man. CLP played, yes, yes, she did, Joe. CLP, not Chin. No, I want let's look, let's see if we can find out who that first year was of players, but. I know CL did, and you can. And why, why don't you just use that reference as far as Fargo goes, then, Joe? Because you can you can go based off of her Fargo and how she did in that group. Josh that Roberts is a seven eighty Fargo. Take a player like Chow. Uh, would she beat Josh Roberts? Pretty good match. Crickets. That's it. Uh, <laughs> close. I'd say. I'd say. I'd say. It's, it's a little closer. Do you have any? Any? Can we see option B and option C, please? <laughs> All right. Oscar. Oscar. Okay, that's a match I want to see. Siming Chen against Oscar. Playing ten ball. There's no chance. There's no no chance. chance of what? Is it? Are we ball? talking about a long race money match, or are we talking about a race to eight? Two out of three win. races to eleven. It's my favorite format. Out of three races to eleven, I think she'd keep it close. I don't think she's favorite, but you know, so yeah, know. from that standpoint, maybe the let's ask league. Oscar. <laughs> Listen, oh, you want, you want to, right do, do you want to, do you do you want to stake her? How about that? I can I can speak on behalf of Oscar. Do you? I want don't to have stake Oscar's her? kind of money, man. Well, I'm just saying. Chris I mean, Reinhold like, calls out the U.S. team, and Oscar's like already got fifty grand ready to play him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> taking side action and everything else. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of, I think I kind of like Simin Chen in that match. Huh. I'm telling you, these women, these top women right now, they are playing unbelievable pool. Yeah, I'm not saying are. they're not playing unbelievable pool. I never said that. You know, I'm saying they play world class. It's great watching them play. You know, but it's not the same comparison. It's not you can this you we have this comparison in, in tennis, Joe. Right? What, what was it that uh, went, went, uh, you know? Bad analogy. Well, Doesn't work for it's, me. It's in the bad same analogy. it's in the same region. I, I'm starting hit the to ball like, forty miles per hour harder in tennis. Yeah. yeah. I'm so you don't think the break makes of, a difference I'm playing three ball? Your way a little bit, Joey. Gotta be honest. What's that? Starting to drift a little bit your way now. Yeah, see? That you're realizing how sexist Molina is. It's terrible. All our, all our female Patreons are going to leave. Don't leave. <laughs> <laughs> Boys, I got to get to work. <laughs> Mike's on tilt. <laughs> no, I don't understand why Joey just has to be an ass every time to bring up this conversation. That's the part that I'm always going to. We weren't even like going down that road, and it's just completely unnecessary. But whatever. <laughs> Well, he posed the question to me. So Mike, I'm just messing with you. I'm just breaking your balls a little. <laughs> yeah. You're, you got a tissue out and everything. <laughs> it's okay, buddy. Uh, just messing with you. So anyways, 
Back to the women. But also, I can tell he's really angry. Look at him. Well, that's well. Then we got to move on. All right. We'll move on. How about Allison Fisher and Kelly Fisher making the final four? Allison Fisher should have been in the final again. Yeah, that was really close match. Yeah, I don't know how you know she was up what eight to three, going to nine. Eight to two or three. Yeah. 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 Unreal. Yeah, she's. I kept waiting for Cheska to do, you know, what you see with Cheska over the years is she plays so fast and so aggressive that you'll see in a critical moment she'll just miss. I don't think pressure gets to her. I just think that she, you know, sometimes is a little too aggressive. Uh, but And that's what I was expecting to happen in the final. And when Hans started to make a little bit of a comeback from like 7-2 to two or 8-3 to three and got to 5, I thought, oh, here she comes. But, uh, but Cheska just wasn't missing. She played amazing. Fun player to watch. Like, yeah. super fun. You're never waiting for her to shoot. Uh, real rhythmic. And, yeah, so congrats to Cheska. What a tournament. I also and want to throw out congrats to, well, if we're kind of wrapping this up, to the uh, American Juniors. We put on Yeah, for sure. Adrian, Sophia, the Adrian, bombs. Adrian, Sophia. Yeah, I mean, they, they you know, get a couple of silvers out of that. Uh, these days in those junior events with those monster European and Asian junior players is no small feat. So uh, good the for The part them. that I that I love the most, Mike, was, you know, Shane Tyree goes on your show and says how the rest of the world, you know, the other federations viewed Americans, you know, as players who play a game and we have athletes that play a sport. You know, we had two juniors who were in the finals and the Americans snapped off, snapped off the eight ball. You know, yeah. I got I got three words for, for those people <laughs> in, in in the federation. Well, yeah, I listen. I get it. I get, um, you know, I get the defense to that. I kind of get a little bit, you know, a little bit of what they're talking about is something that Raymond brought up earlier in this chat, and that is what what this ultimatum by the WPA may end up doing is showing a lot of these European and Asian players what it's like to be an American pool player. You are on your own, buddy. You got to scrape up the money on your own. You got to get there on your own. You got to stay afloat on your own because nobody's helping you out. So, you know, that's, that, that's certainly a dynamic that's, that, that may come into play, um, you know, going forward. And that kind of speaks back a little bit to that, that, you know, the WPA Federation structure, Mike, isn't that what they call it? Structure. Drinking game alert for tomorrow. <laughs> Get ready for it. Do a shot every time they say structure. Yeah, we're going to uh, the hospital. So, for sure. <laughs> so, you know, you've got that element of it. So there's, uh, it's, it's yeah, going to be interesting stuff going forward. But I did love seeing the American players, you know, especially the junior players without a lot of that formal training that, that the other guy it was great to see them stack up with them. And I think a lot of it is just due to the opportunities through all the junior events that have popped up in the past couple of years uh, to the, the, the dovetail events with the pros and the juniors in them, where the juniors play both the juniors getting out playing in pro events. I mean, it's all that's, that's the training ground now for, for yeah. the younger players. And so it's, it's starting to show results. We're starting to see it. No, I'm couldn't be more proud of, of them. For sure, all of them. 
all those kids who went out there, all those parents who bust their ass to get their kids there without yeah. with li with little to no support and whoever whatever companies helped those parents by giving them product to raffle off or whatever, right. the BEF for helping them out for whoever everybody and anyone who helps support those kids go out there and live their dreams. God bless them, you know. Yeah. And I hope and and I'm I, I'm super proud of of every single one of them for giving it their all. That's for sure. Yeah, good stuff. All right, boys. So we got Roanoke this week and then the international, right? Yeah, two Moscone picks tomorrow. Uh, probably going to get Shane uh, Shane Van Boning on in the next day. I still got to work on getting Tyler maybe sometime today or, or tonight uh, as well. Ashan Singh tomorrow at 11. It's going to be a busy, busy week. So uh, make sure and keep your notifications on. We appreciate all you guys for tuning in and hanging out with us today. And uh, 